Ready? 3, 2, 1. Hello and welcome to yet another episode of Lion City Rock, the best podcast about Singapore's uh, pop music scene, featuring myself, my name is Chris, and with me as always is my favourite uh, partner in crime, you know, he's a singer, he's a songwriter, he's a singer-songwriter, he, he's an educator, he has done many, many things uh, through the years, and, and this one is probably the least yeah, of the, that, uh, you know, <laughs> say hello to Kevin Matthews. Say hello, Kevin. Hello, Kevin. Today, you know what day today is, Kevin? Today, it's a Saturday. Well, no, no, it's not. It's not just a, a Saturday. Today is actually, today is actually uh, the, the first anniversary of Lion City Rock. Yeah. Yeah. It is. Yeah, 12 months, man. We've been on this journey for, for 12 months. Actually, a little bit more like, I mean, if you talk about the prep and all that, but yeah, but yeah, yeah. yeah. Wasn't that much prep, was it? Of course there was. There were tons. Of, I mean, the people don't need to know that. I mean, yeah. but yeah, yeah, a lot, a lot. You know, we were running around. Don't you remember us running around the whole island? <laughs> yeah. You know, yeah. Getting, doing all the research. Right. <laughs> getting, yeah, you spend yeah. like... Months, months, just, just trying. What, what, what was it back? What was it back then? What phase? What was it? I think it was uh, phase, phase two. Phase two, something uh, kind of like there's so many phases. I think it was phase two. Uh. no, no, it was. I think it was coming to phase two where we could initially when we first met it was phase two because we all could get together. Yeah, yeah. In person for the first time in, in don't know how many months, but then immediately after that we went back into a kind of a second second mm. heightened awareness right, right, lockdown. Right, right, right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think, so that that kind of took us out of it. Yeah, yeah. It was it was different numbers like, like eight people, then five people, then two. Yeah, people, then after then two five people, people, then in yeah. the end, yeah. So, yeah. so most of it was done when it was the two people phase. I remember. Yeah, that seems like just the two of us. That seems like <laughs> I mean, a lifetime ago now, man. Jeez. I mean, like seriously, the whole period is like one whole, one whole black hole <laughs> for me. It's like oh. We were going to gigs at one point, the next thing you know, mm, mm. Uh, we're not doing gigs in front of people anymore. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> yeah so. I guess that's why, you know, it kind of makes sense for, for us to kind of kick this off, lah, because, uh, you know, we had we kind of had a time and we were like more or less at home and things like that. And bored. So, yeah. And bored, yeah. So <laughs> it kind of made sense to let's finally do this because we were kind of like talking about this for some time. Uh, yeah. And, you know, and it, even before we were saying, well, we, should we do a documentary or something? Yeah. Do you, do you know how long? Do you know how how long ago we actually first mentioned this kind of thing? I just I just I was just looking through our old emails, like because I wanted to find find out like when we started talking about this whole thing. Our whole yeah. emails, this, and this was uh, this was in 2014. Oh, because wow. we wanted to do a project. For SG50. Oh, right, uh, this right, is when right. we already did Fast Colors. You yeah, know, we've yeah. been playing Fast Colors for a while. We've been doing that. And for those who don't know, the Fast Colors is the band that Kevin and I are in. And we mm. play a lot of uh, local local music. Like we, we do covers of local band stuff. Everybody from The Quest to Chris Ho to The Odd Fellows and stuff like that. So we were, we, were, we, were, we were talking about it. And I have this email that has us chatting about, oh, we should actually do a documentary or a book because documentary, right. we, we didn't have any of the resources to do a proper right. documentary. But 
to do a book, that was quite possible for all of us to do. Mm. And we were getting Pat in and Pat was like, yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, and I can't remember, somebody, somebody had suggested uh, getting Digley to write the, the forward for the, yeah. for the whole book. Yeah. Okay. And at that point in time, we wanted to get Chris Ho to write the, the, the afterward. You know, right, 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 yeah. right, right. Yeah, so... Yeah, I mean, yeah, edgy fifty. Yeah, that makes sense. Yeah. Yeah. So we so were everybody was thinking that. about a project back then, right? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Everybody was thinking of music projects. I think. Yeah. yeah. You know, or, or not just music, but any, a lot of the arts people were planning mm. edgy fifty celebration stuff. Yeah. So yeah, so that was how long ago the initial the initial uh, uh, seed was you know was sown, so to speak. Yeah. So so yeah. So one year and it's quite amazing. You know. How much has been done in, in this one first year? I mean, two seasons and we're already kind of like into season three. Yeah. Right? So, so I mean, never would have imagined that. Like, I mean, imagine how much we could have covered. Well, we actually covered quite a lot. Talked to a lot of, uh, talked to a lot of people, interesting people. So, mm, uh, you know, yeah. some, of, some of my favorites, uh, songwriters and stuff. Yeah, mine too, so man. Been great. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, like, like, like. Uh, I think we mentioned this previously in some of our other wrap ups for the season. Like, you know, it's it. I always find it fascinating to talk to people, um, even though I know these people, right? You know, mm. we, we say hello and stuff like that. But you know, sometimes we don't really know their their actually the kind of detailed stories, backstories that they have in in their musical journey. So people like you know, like uh, the analog girl. You know, mm-hmm. we didn't. I didn't. I didn't know that. that how she got her gigs was true. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> self promo, self oh, just cold call basically. Just turn cold up. calling, cold calling works. Just turn up at the gig. Yeah, Hi, yeah. Up, then you do a gig and then yeah, okay. Yeah, yeah. In stuff Japan, like that, yeah. or even or even uh, uh, Jeanette uh, when she was in her band, Psychosonic, and and the kind of stuff that they had to go through, mm, uh, mm. facing all these people who didn't think that girls could play punk music yeah. and stuff like that, you know, mm. or you know, or even yeah. or even the older guys are. Uh, like 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 the crescendos, uh, the guys from the crescendos. Yeah, or, or quite stories from that one. Yeah. yeah, yeah. I mean, yeah. to me, I think I think this is, this is it. It's you know, it's all part of our history. Yeah. But it's also it's also part of our story. You know, yeah. the Singapore story per se. In yeah. in, in terms of in terms yes, of yes. Music, no, what know. what really amazes me is that even though we are often complaining about how small our scene is, <laughs> we're right. You know how often. But but when you think about it, in, in considering the amount of people we have talked to and the amount of people we still haven't talked to, right? It's not really yeah. as small as you think. Yeah, that's you know? true. That's right. True. When you think about the community and the people itself, it is actually quite quite big. So that's why sometimes if this feeling about wow, if everybody just really kind of pulls together, you know, that could be something. But of course, you know, human beings and human nature being why this. Yeah. <laughs> it's a bit of an idealistic. <laughs> really, though, I don't know. Like, well, we'll see how it goes. You know, maybe, maybe you should maybe you should bring up this whole whole idea again. Uh, you know, this is a podcast, but can we can we actually make it into a documentary? And I and yeah. I only, and I only ask that because I was uh, um, only because recently though this there was this documentary that was screened. Um, yes. Seen and seen. Seen and seen. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. And which was done by. Somebody we used uh, we knew back in the nineties, uh, Nizam, who sadly passed away uh, mm. years ago. But um, but he he has he has started doing uh, collecting all these 
footage and, and interviews and stuff and doing all those kind of things. And uh, yeah, it recently was put together, put together by a bunch of other friends. But uh, you know, and and they finally screened the, the, the documentary that he had been putting up. Uh, he, mm. had, he had started mm. all those years ago. Mm-hmm. And uh, yeah, I think I think I think it, it was quite a quite an interesting uh, con- concept to show it now. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's, it's now that the, the the whole space is opening up again. People can actually go out and see and and go for gigs and stuff like that once more. So it's good lah, that that these kind of things are uh, basically coming back into the fore, so to speak. And uh, yeah, I don't know. What do you think? Maybe we should go and do our own documentary, the Lion City Rock documentary. Yeah, I mean, it all sounds well and good. Lah. For me, it's like right now, for me personally, it sounds like too much work. <laughs> <laughs> Everything else, lah, you, know, at, at, you know, at my age now, I just want to do it, take things easy, basically. Take things yeah. easy. Let yeah. everybody do yeah. the work. Yeah, yeah just, heading to us. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. The, the, you know. The quiet yeah. thing, slow retirement. Yeah, here. exactly. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Like, uh, release, that sounds like love. I mean, I don't mind. If you, can you don't have to run it. around doing it. You know? All we have <laughs> to do is just put the fast colors and Lion City Rock name on it. And then we become, <laughs> just, we become the EPs and then we just get we just get somebody else to run the just show. Be but, EP, is it? Just, just yeah, be yeah. EP. Yeah. Yeah, just be the EP. Just be the EP. That's the of our names appear at the end. The executive produced by <laughs> And then we just ask people to run the show for us. We... Yeah, we, we should start now. We should just do a Patreon Kickstarter type thing and just get people to send in money for us to do the documentary. Because it's, <laughs> it's quite expensive. <laughs> yes. What is. do you guys think? All you, all you 10 listeners out there, what do you guys think? Should we, should we do this documentary? Let us know. Uh, mm. Log into the, you know, on the Fast Colors um, Facebook and Instagram and tell us whether, whether we should actually do this, this documentary or not. Um, <laughs> Actually, speaking of documentaries, uh, it just so happens that today is a uh, because it's our first anniversary. Uh, we have a very special guest. Yes. Enough today. Um, you know, in our very very first episode, all those all those months ago, um, we had Patrick Chen of the Art Fellows mm-hmm. um, as our first guest, and had a fun time talking about his uh, his new album or the album that that was. Then new now it's about a year old, but then it's just, got, old, just yeah. got launched. So the vinyl, uh, I just got launched. The vinyl and the physical version of the album uh, yeah. came out. So you got the CD, yeah. you got the vinyl. Uh, yeah. You know the Odd Fellows latest album. Um, what's yours and mine? And, um, and so the interesting thing is about uh, today's guest is um, that he is he's been involved with Patrick um, for quite a long time. I mean, not not in a romantic way. But, uh, but <laughs> romance, but, yeah, romance, romance. They have, a, they have, a, they have a good romance going on. Um, you know, this guy, he's he, he's a, he's a singer, he's a songwriter, he's a, you know, he's been a creative director. He's a director. He he produces all these like short films. Um, he produces. Oh, he 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 puts he does these ads and stuff like that. A lot of common. Actually, the, there's one very famous commercial that he did. I think it was a. Uh, if I'm not wrong, for M1, mm. um, the famous one where where this guy, you see this guy, um, this Indian guy cooking, uh, it's like a stall owner, right? So he's cooking, and then somebody, some guy calls up and then uh, makes a phone order, like, oh, I want this. this I, can't remember, I can't remember exact dishes that he ordered, but, you know, I want this, 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 and can you please deliver it to my... So it's like a food delivery. Lah. And then at the end, the guy goes, 
hello, you're calling from Singapore, you know, I'm in, I'm in India, you know, why are you calling all the way here, that kind of thing. It was quite a funny ad and a very, very funny video. You guys, if you guys haven't seen it, I think it's still, is it still, I think it should be still on YouTube or something. Maybe you can find it online. Just, just go Google M1 commercial Mumbai. I think it was the, the thing. Yeah. Yeah. So, yeah. And uh, yeah, so he's done all these cool things. He's, uh, he was an ordinary person and now he's a typewriter. Um, so, <laughs> and then typewriter putting together some new music as well. Um, yeah, but let's just uh, let's just get dive straight into it and and welcome uh, Mr. Yi Chang Kang to the podcast. Yay. Yay. Morning, guys. Uh, Morning. Hello, 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 hello. How are you? Yeah, been a long time. Uh, finally, <laughs> get to do this, man. Yeah. yeah. Uh, first of all, I just want to say kudos to uh, the program for sticking together and uh, doing it. One year, one year anniversary, right? So yeah, yeah, yeah not easy. Starting things are easy, but uh, to, to follow up is not easy. So kudos to you guys. Yeah, hey, thank no, you, thanks thank you. very much, man. <laughs> the high praise coming from you. Yeah, but I mean, you know, I mean, is it true? I, I, it is this typewriter um, putting stuff together? You know, can you can you quash the rumors or, or prove confirm. them? Confirm them. Um, the thing about typewriter is that we are always spiritually together <laughs> we're not jamming or anything okay so okay. uh but i think after this route of uh a pet finishing off his uh off fellas release and right i think uh, we'll find some time uh hmm. put things together as well i myself i have been uh, kind of like busy myself so yeah it's about time to, uh, to get together again and do another ep yeah. So basically, you. I mean, what's interesting is that you've done. You've been doing music for quite a while, right? Since nineties, lah. Since the nineties. Yeah. How? Yeah. How was it? I mean, do you remember how you actually got interested in in into music? Like, what was it like? Yeah, I I, I will just touch on few key moments, lah. Hmm. Um, key moments. Okay. Basically, uh, I think a very significant moment would be in primary six. <clears throat> During the school holidays. Right. right. So that's the I think that's the point of time when I was like turning to a teenager. And I was like sitting in my cousin's parked car. Right? Okay. And the radio was playing. I wasn't sitting there. And suddenly my ears uh, uh was glued to the radio because they were playing one song, People Are People by Depeche Mode. Right. Right? It was I, it was, I caught it in the middle of a song. It was like what is this song? The year it's such a year year worm, you know. So for half a year, or at least the first few months of uh, of sec one, right? I didn't know what that song is, but it was haunting me. So the funny thing is, uh, I was in the afternoon. I was uh, I was from ACS, uh, mm. so I was in the afternoon session. So they had those old school tables, right? So somebody, the upper secondary school guy, actually left a 12-inch single, right? It's freshly bought, I think, from Valentine's or something. I open it up and like, people are people. Depends. Wow. wow. So it just, <laughs> just click, you know? Okay. <laughs> the next moment is tragic comedy, right? Next moment, the guy came and picked it away. Lah. You know, uh, so I, I, I couldn't have kept it. Uh, but I think uh, that was a very significant starting point of me Understanding that I could like something personally, like it was something I can I, I can say I can I latch on to, or, or my ears just open up. From there, I think then I bought my first cassette tape. Uh, the first cassette or first two cassette would be one would be the 
1984 Grammys. <laughs> we said Beat It and Sweet Dreams and Wham, your British Invasion. Right, right. Right. 84. I think the second is a bootleg tape. Uh, the second tape, a pirated bootleg. The second tape probably is Breakdance soundtrack. <laughs> right. Yeah. Okay. Another point I remember is going into Malaysia mm. and trying to find... What I was trying to find was uh, Careless Whisper, which again, I don't know the song title. So at the back of the cassette, right? And then I found Dancing in the Dark by Bruce Springsteen. Mm, right. I took that song and said, hey, that vibe, huh? Probably it's called Dancing in the Dark. Uh. <laughs> then I bought the tape and then I got a, uh, a Root Awakening. I was totally different song. Oh. So, so that, that briefly is how I started and how I started loving Depeche Mode, uh, Howard Jones. So at the start of it, right, actually I want to take a Casio tone or something and do uh, uh, electronic music, scene music, mm. pop. Mm. Mm. Of course, I, I'm not learn, I don't learn music theory. La. So then in, in like set three, we started, my friend said, hey, uh, we're going to the jam studio. I'm like, wow, what's a jam studio? I love music already. So I went with them and they were, the first song I heard was like uh, Heaven, they were, they were jamming Heaven by Brian Adams. Right. Along those times, uh, then everybody was playing La Bamba by Lost Luke Boss. Everybody was dang, 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 every band, right? <laughs> Whether it's good or not. Mid 80s. <laughs> Mid 80s. Uh, yeah. <laughs> Around that time, right, I think around 1987 is when all this college rock music went overground. When the Bunnyman, your new, new Order got big because of Pretty and Pink, the soundtrack. Mm. So, yeah. so all the UK indie bands like got bigger. So I'm like, oh, there's something alternative, there's something indie or something the US would call college rock. Uh, uh, I began noticing. The next year, uh, another big thing happened is that uh, I got to know about uh, this thing called alternative pop uh, gig at, uh, at uh, Botanic Gardens. Ah, yes. Right, right. Yeah, so, yeah. So I remember going with my uh, ordinary people based guitarist, Jaya. Uh, we already started a band. And, yeah, we started a band and, 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 and we were just rehearsing like, very amateurishly. So we went, we went to watch uh, the gig, which of course uh, had uh, Oddfellas' very first uh, gig there. Uh, sat there so it's like oh there's this thing called the Oddfellas and there's also Nizam's uh, No Names and OP then I, I saw one all these people <clears throat> from from don't know where they came from uh, dressing bohemian dressing golf dressing punk <laughs> so for a teenager it was uh, eye opener mm. of course the gig was I think partly organised by Big O uh, all these little things just came together and I, I, I realised oh there's something uh, different something different that I could love so I went, I started my music, music journey that way. Uh, then I went to ACJC, right? I've got a band that at that point, they wanted to just cover you 2 Joshua Tree, Rattle and Harm, Dance and Roses. And they wanted me to sing like Bono or uh, Excel Rose, which neither of us I can do. Like, I mean, musically, the guitars, he could do it. But as a singer, I, I can't. There's no way I can sing like Bono or, or Excel Rose. So that was the point where I, another story I discovered, uh, I won a copy of uh, uh, Offenders Extra Mile. It's called Mile, the concept. Oh, Mile, right. right. 
So I won it from Chris Ho's uh, talk show, radio show, on my diffusion, I called in. The, the question was, in the morning, I think they, they had an article about odd fellas, uh, talking about either about the demo release or their gig or the alternative pop. So all I had to do, Chris Ho was asking over Red Diffusion, right? Uh, name me the lead singer of odd fellas. So I just called, uh, I called in and, and said, uh, Patrick Chen. So I won myself a, a, a limited edition cassette tape <laughs> with a handwritten extra word, extra there because they added more tracks. I think Patrick was pretty OCD, uh, because he actually he actually added two more tracks on each side, right? And he actually went to cut, you know, he cut the extra length. So they the, when you flip, right, it plays well. There's no there's no extra tape. Because it's right. EP, uh, so it's damn yeah. short. I mean, that's that's how I not got to know Patrick as well. A fan before a friend. Wow. So this must be like 88 or 89, right? Yeah, something uh, when they just released the EP la. This okay. So you never met you never met Patrick before, even like uh, after the gig and all that kind of stuff. Did you go up and say hello and stuff like that? So what happened next was, uh, of course, then I I knew about the substation, and the flea market and everything, right? So everybody went there for gigs and stuff like that, right? Mm. So I think on one occasion they had a flea market and Pat was selling his uh follow follow up EP yeah. So I went up and I said, hi, uh, my name is Chang Kang. I'm from this. Uh, back then, I was just one man show. I was just one man show calling myself the ordinary people. Mm. So it's a, it's a one man show acoustic thing. So he said, oh, I know who you are. I got your cassette. Oh. So he had bought my cassette from Scoops. You oh. know, that, that, that Funan place where they second hand. Mm. Yeah, right? yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, where Raymond worked, la, right? Uh, so I think he bought it and, and he, he knew who these ordinary people was. So that's how we, we started from there to become friends. Wow. And then he actually gave me my, one of my, uh, my, he gave me my second gig there, man. My first gig was an impromptu gig I played for Acoustic Vibes. Oh, yeah. Okay. With Denise Hogan, you know, I, I, at the stage. Uh, it was uh, impromptu because on another occasion, I was selling my own first demo tape there. So I said, hey, uh, could I just impromptu play some of my songs on this gig? So that became my first outdoor, I mean, outdoors, first, uh, Public experience. This was yeah. at the substation. The, garden. the substation one, the garden one, right? Garden yeah, yeah, one. yeah. Okay, yeah. We and following there. that, uh, Pat gave me a chance. He said, "Hey, I've got. I'm organizing a gig. Uh, it'll be inside the the gallery. Uh, do you want to play?" I said, "Yeah." So he, he allowed me to play a short set. Mm. But I, okay. I, I remember that fondly, uh, but, but exactly what year or what a bit of a haze. Uh. Yeah. <laughs> well, was it was it like an acoustic thing? Was it? Yes, 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 still an acoustic. Was it still just you solo? Still oh, me, oh. it's just still me solo. Uh, mm -hmm. So after that was uh, uh, the New School Rock 2 competition. So I actually had New School Rock 1, right? Then, then i like, wow, I was in all the like, three bands. And everything. Yeah. So when New School Rock 2 came about, uh, I called back my, we were all in the army, army boys. Uh, so I called back my secondary school uh, uh, bass guitarist from so-called the jamming band, right? So I said, Jai, you want to come back? We form this uh, new lineup and we participate for uh, in uh, New School Rock. Uh, new School oh, okay. Uh, right, right. I think like we got into the semi-finals like everybody, uh, I think. The, the one that... The <laughs> yeah, one yeah. That, the, after the first round. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> after the sending in the demo. Uh. Yeah, 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 yeah. So I think... Uh, so the next round was at Substation, right? At night, if I'm not mm. wrong. Of course, yeah. I mean, AWOL, AWOL won yourself, your band. Uh, Fish on Friday. And I think they they are uh, uh, considering yourself as well. I think a, a bit more older than us and a bit more mature. So sound more sleek. Uh, we were really amateurish. Fish on Friday were like superior uh, technically. 
yeah. they were they were definitely much much better. Even AWOL, yeah. AWOL is much better than us. I mean, at that point, you know, <laughs> yeah, we didn't get into um, of course the the Music Rock Two compilation, right? But I think at the same time, I think you guys mentioned before, uh, ordinary people was also in Gangbang the cassette. Hmm. Yeah. So I always see Gangbang as uh, New School Rock two point five. The ordinary people. I mean, the name itself. Why, why, why did it? Why, why choose a name like that? Actually, actually, it's it's <laughs> it's a. Uh, after after having that name, I think it's quite a. You're you're shooting yourself in the foot, uh, actually. But I didn't come up with the name actually. Okay. I didn't come up with the name. Uh, uh, actually, uh, my first keyboardist, uh, Christopher, came out with it. He said that, uh, why. At first, it was suggested that like, over the phone, I was chatting. Say, why do you call yourself ordinary people? Then, <laughs> then uh, uh, being uh, unassuming, uh, let the music speak for itself. The whole idea, you know. Then I think either me or him, I said, oh, why don't we add a "the" in front so that you know, being I mean, this is very small boy talk, right? So, oh, then we can be top. Top. <laughs> oh, but that was then. That was then. <laughs> Yeah. Okay. <laughs> but, we, but but uh, along the way, along the way, I mean, we did like call. We did we did call ourselves. Hey, why don't talk do this? Why don't talk do that? So so it became a easier way to say ordinary people. Yeah. Right. 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 Okay. 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 <laughs> I mean, so yeah. So I mean, you, uh, as ordinary people, I mean, of course, uh, for those who don't know, they actually did put out their own album. Right. You had. A, I I I think we have one. I have one album somewhere in, in my collection. I think it's it's a weird existence. Mm. Was that the first uh, or was that the was that the first album that you guys put out? Okay, so um official uh, yeah. official. So hmm. before that I, I, I came out, I uh, came out with the first uh demo tape, Happy Set Me, right? That one was hmm. my first uh review I got from Don Bosco. Hmm. Uh, oh, Don is, okay. Don, Don is a year my senior. I remember he's a year my senior. So he actually got hold of my tape and he reviewed the cassette. Well, where was this review in Big uh, O? Big O, Big O, Everybody gets every. You know, back then everybody gets uh, a short, uh, thirty seconds of fame on on Big O. Yeah, I was yeah. Say, yeah, yeah. You, you honestly look forward to know what is the next issue and who are they going to talk about. Yeah, yeah, and, and I will go after reading. I will go to scoops or or Dada to get the cassette tape. Yeah. Uh, just to sidetrack, right? That's how I met Leslie Lo also. I bought his tape and he, he he knew about my tape and we met each other during a countdown gig at Substation. Wow. Yeah. So okay. memories are nice nice things to remember. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Then when uh we we didn't get in for New Scrock too, right? Mm. So I said, okay, never mind, let's do our own album because uh uh our fellas had released their first C D. Right? Yes, that's right. Yeah, teenage. So that head. was yeah. like quite significant, uh, quite significant. Then, then I said, okay, guys, we yeah. can do this too. You know. Mm. So halfway through, actually, or, or halfway or three quarter way through our recording, right? I called Pat. I said, Pat, uh, I need your help. Can you show us uh, what we can do? Actually, not not uh, halfway through. Actually, at the start of the recording, how can we embark on this? So he said that. Okay, I like your songs. Uh, 
would you mind if I co-produce uh, the first album with you? So it was very kind of him to uh, chip in uh, half of the money, uh, us being army boys, right? He chip, actually chipped in half of the money to, to, to bring us to several fair and we did the whole album there. Wow. Yeah, so that's how, how, how we, we came under team label and then of course distributed by Odyssey. Mm. So had Watchmen. Mm. At the same time, I think Watchmen uh, of the uh, Democracy came out maybe one or two months earlier. Mm. Around there, then, wow. then people had our weird assistance. Yeah, yeah. Wow. Okay. Ninety-three. So that, that, around there, that's also when I got to know Kevin Matthews better. <laughs> okay. I think so. I think so. Yeah. Around that time, like, Yeah. Probably. <laughs> okay. Okay. Wow. And then and so, I know you earlier. I know you earlier from from. Uh, I think my first encounter with you was. Uh, I I have a good memory, la. So I remember us playing at the banana leaf restaurant, la. Oh yes, the Apollo, <laughs> Apollo <laughs> banana leaf at the little India. Yeah, the small one. So they shifted all the utensils, you know, yep. the, the whatever you call that, the, 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 the table, right? Bar, yeah. the bar. Yeah, the, yeah, yeah. The counters, they shifted back before the fish curry and everything, and then we played in front of the fish curry. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> and then, uh, this was, I think, this was also part of the acoustic vibes uh, series that was yeah, yeah. at the time. <laughs> yeah, mm. that's right. <laughs> oh. Mm. <laughs> mm. Right, right. Yeah. yeah it's a great, great album. Yeah. Yeah. I mean for, for those who don't know, I mean Acoustic Bites was a series of uh acoustic gigs organized by uh this lady, primarily organized by this lady, uh Denise Hogan. And she was a very big uh supporter of the local music scene. Um, and in fact, I think not just you, uh, Jiang Kang, but also people like Art Fazil, they all kind of got their first like, big public uh, showing at, at these gigs. And uh, she was also very, all for bringing the music to the people, <laughs> no matter who the people are, which is why one of the shows ended up being at uh, Banana Leaf Apollo restaurant, this, uh, playing to an audience who I think, frankly, were more interested in the fish heads than, <laughs> than us making, making the noise at the back. <laughs> it was a very quaint place, I, I have fond memories of it uh, because it's like really small and very yes. small unit, right? You know, and, and like, like you walk down, if you walk down uh, Little India, it's just one of those uh, fish head curry units. Uh. Yeah, it's a shop house kind it's of slightly bigger. It's a yeah. small little restaurant. Yeah, yeah. I think if you do an episode of weirdest venues in Singapore to perform, that, that definitely would be one of that definitely be one of them. I'm cool, man. I think it was it's cool. I mean, to able even for the restaurant themselves to let us do something, I think yeah, that was quite uh, nice of them. Uh, yeah. Not 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 easy task, you know. So so uh, so open hearted, especially yeah. in Singapore. <laughs> yeah. yeah 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 yeah, and especially at that point in time also because you know yeah especially not, at that point in time yes you know it's it wasn't. This was like what ninety two, ninety three, or something, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. It was. It was very strange to see this kind of thing. Mm. I mean, to have bands in places that yeah, that's fine, but but to have bands who played like so called this indie indie music or even the mm. original compositions, that was practically unheard of. Come on, this yeah. is true indie, man. Tell you. Yes. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 <laughs> yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. So, yeah. So I remember Awa playing for that game. You and uh, your singer. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It was. It was. Percent? Yeah. Is it two percent? Just two percent. Uh, no. I think we had three. We had three. Yeah. Three guys. Okay. Yeah. If, okay. I, if I remember correctly. Yeah. Okay, okay. No, no, no percussion. 
Okay. But uh, I think uh, Colin was there playing guitar as well, if I'm not wrong. Uh, I mean, memory fails me, you know. So. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I mean, 30 so, years. 30 years. 30 years uh, yeah. Yeah, it's about 30 years uh, from, from that point. I'm flash, man. Yeah. Just the other day, just the other day, right, I was, uh, when I was invited to open for uh, Offeller's uh, vinyl launch, right, the mm. the, the, the Alchemy, uh, I was telling the audience, uh, I said, uh, Pat was telling me that the last release was like in 92 or something, the uh, second album. So yes, 30 years has passed, but I think uh, Offeller's has always been in the prep, or Patrick right, has always been in the media presence, right? Mm. Or, or yearly, he's doing something, right? I don't really see him disappearing from the scene. Yeah. Yeah. But mm. to someone who just listened to the 92 album and then got wind of the launch gig, right? Mm. Some people actually commented, wow, you brought me back to the 90s. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the gap was like, they were not there for the 30 years, you know? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, yeah. But uh, for me, like, time flies, uh, you know, suddenly... I'm still doing this. Pat is still doing this. You guys are still doing this. Mm. Yes, has gone back just like that. Mm. Yeah. yeah, I mean, I think what what it, what that says is that you know we we don't change lah as far as that is concerned. Wow. <laughs> is, it, yeah. is it a good we thing or change. a bad thing? No, it's a good. It's <laughs> a good we have thing. to see it as a good thing. I mean, it's a good okay. thing. It's a good thing because a lot of people always say, "I, I, you know, this is just a phase." Yeah, it's not. <laughs> it's not a phase, ah. It's not a phase. <laughs> this is this is our life. Yeah. <laughs> Keeps yeah, us, yeah. us alive. Yeah, that's the beauty yeah. of it, right? That's yeah. the beauty of it. But yeah. We can't that's imagine true. our life without this, right? Yeah. So I'm, 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 I'm totally grateful for stumbling upon uh, Big O and the substation. I mean, it really changed mm. my life. Yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah. I want to say that for, for myself, I mean, I mean, even though we know each other and stuff, I never actually got a chance to, to do anything in that, in that sense, uh, musically, right? Throughout all that time. So until until I heard your your typewriter album, okay, typewriter uh, released an album twenty ten was it twenty ten? Twenty ten, first one twenty. Yeah, Indian Head Massage. Ten years and, after we formed. Wow. Okay. Okay. Was that the is that the longer I I don't know uh, Kevin is that the longest uh, time from uh, genesis of a band to first album? Like, <laughs> I, <don't know. laughs> I I realize I've I've come to terms. You know, I, I think. Typewriter or, or something that I release, right? It's about six to seven years. Okay, okay. Yeah, because I hold a day job, right? So it's not like I could do this full time or anything. And same yeah. with the rest of the guys. So yeah. uh, com- coming to terms with it, like, it's not that we don't want to, but uh, yeah, but yeah, it yeah. takes that long. Like. But it's, it's ridiculous when you do the maths. Uh, if the, the EP yeah. is seven songs, right? It means you one year one year to do one song. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. But I mean, along the way, I mean, you know, you've you've always kind of, you know, I mean, when you play live, you're playing your songs. Yeah. You always introduce new songs. Yeah. Then you you appeared on a few various uh, compilations, projects, and all that sort of thing. Yeah. So it's not not as if you were like like the band totally was gone, out uh, of public yeah. eye. You see. Yeah. It's not like as if like you suddenly appeared 10 years later kind of thing yeah. but you're yeah. like always like you know everybody's kind of knowing that oh yeah they're, they're working on the working on the album <laughs> kind of thing yeah but was, the, the yeah. point is that the heart is still there the heart is very much there so so it's not like we have given up you know? I had seen Tyrated a couple of gigs prior to that um, but when I first heard it I was like literally blown away 
by the she I mean it was a double album because, of, because so many years man. Yeah, so many, because <laughs> all the songs that they hadn't put together previously so yeah. that's a whole you know it was it's, it's one huge big package uh, and yeah. uh, and I was I was I was like quite blown away so when you told me that you guys were planning to do a, a launch gig and stuff like that I was like can you please 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 you know, if you ever need anybody else to come in and sub uh, to play any additional instruments and stuff like that, you know, mm. please consider. And 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 Jankan was gracious enough to to allow me to to actually be a part of their 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 launch gig at the Esplanade uh, Recycle, Recycle, Recycle yeah. Studio, right? Yeah. yeah. Please don't say yeah. that. I mean, definitely, we between me and Pat, we it was a very quick uh, decision uh, because uh, definitely your sensibilities will fit in. So. Don't thank us, then we have to thank you. For <laughs> making our songs bigger than it is. If not, the four piece band will just sound boring, right? Yeah. <laughs> so you fit it right in. So thank you, man. Thank you. No, no, no. Thanks a lot because I remember, I remember this. Was, I remember this was, I mean, this was after a gig or something. I remember it was, it was at some gig. I can't remember where the gig was, but I remember and I was like, hey, man, you know. Yeah. And, and, and the other thing I remember of that whole period is, is is, okay, for those who don't know, because Chang Kang is uh, he he directs uh, short films. You know, he he's a director by trade as well. And in in typewriter, everybody he, he actually directs the whole band. He he does it like like he, like I I can't imagine that he'll be doing this exactly like when, when he does his his films and stuff. And I remember your 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 very your your your, your instruction will always remain in my mind. Where he, he goes the famous the famous words famous three words Chris you know when for for these these songs you have to be sparse but very intense and I'm going like <laughs> sparse but intense how does that work <laughs> and I'm asking to get Patrick, I'm like, after a while you re- you 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 understand what I'm saying like it's, it's, it, it takes a it takes a while to understand like these ideas yeah 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 sparse but intense man. Yeah. yeah, 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 yeah. No, it's quite funny though. But it was a good show. I mean, I mean, thank you again for, for allowing me to do that. It was a, I, I enjoyed myself with the show. I thought it was, I thought it was a great show, and it was good yeah. effort like, from everybody to put that, put that up. You know, then we also had the art department doing some decor. Yeah, to me that was like one of the first few shows that was, uh, um, that I done. I mean, seriously. I mean, even throughout the years and stuff like that. I mean, there wasn't a show that I done that was like so produced in a way. You know, I can share. I can share with you. Uh, what's the inspiration for for pushing our boundaries a bit? Mm. The flaming lips. Yeah. So, so, so we wanted to do our humble version of the flaming lips. <laughs> uh, so in in typewriter, right? Uh, we have. You know, I, I I don't know about other bands, but we will have like common denominators uh, that we all agree. Like, hey, this song or this mood. Or how the vibe, the vibe of the band is. Uh, we take inspiration from Flaming Lips. Wilco is a big thing for Thailand. Wilco, wow, okay, okay. And on the on the on the crunchy side is we we how to have fun and not to make. We are serious musicians, but we don't take our tel- ourselves too seriously. Mm. We have fun on stage. Mm. Yeah, so okay. that's where the 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 weasel part comes in. Uh, okay, to show our appreciation, you wanna. Dedicate this love song to you. You know, when it comes to 
being the band, I think for people who don't know Typewriter or never heard Typewriter before, it's actually pretty much a super group. Because you have Jiang Kang, uh, who is fronting the band. You have Patrick Cheng, uh, who is uh, the guitarist. And, and you have, uh, as the bassist, is uh, Desmond, Desmond Go from Electrical. So, and the drummer, at that point in time when I was there, it was one. Who was uh, he had been playing with uh, a few different bands really? His, like Force. His, uh, Force Swamit was his first Force Swamit, yeah. his main band like, Yeah, and he moved on to quite a few bands after that. Yeah, so these were the four main guys at the time uh, who who formed out the band. So it's like a, it's it's really like a big like super group of local musicians. Uh, I mean now it's uh you and later on you guys had Alan. Yeah, Alan right? came in and and sort of like permanently took your role uh. The role that you were you are doing Thank now. you, Alan. <laughs> yeah. So so yeah, he he's he's on guitars and some keys. He's mm. the old guy that does the noisy beats. Uh. Right, right, right. Yeah, yeah. So I mean, you guys have been doing shows. I mean, I would. Am I right to say that you guys actually, uh, I guess, would be more of a gigging kind of band because you guys have done very significant shows, not just here in Singapore, but because you guys also travel overseas mm. um, to do to do. Uh, you play in okay, the UK, la. right? Yeah. Um, and and my friend so- here, la, my friend here called Kevin Matthews, uh, oh, yeah. was managing <laughs> us and got us the gig at Liverpool. Yeah. Yeah, what was that? Maybe you could talk about that because I think for a lot of times, a lot of the bands who, who are in Singapore, the people see the pinnacle of playing in Singapore as maybe doing a gig at Esplanade, let's say maybe Bay Beats or, or, or even in the Esplanade Concert Hall. Or if you're lucky, you get to play the bigger stages like your stadium and stuff like that. Um, but was it how how different was it to to play overseas to a to an audience? I mean, I'm assuming that none of them over there have ever heard of typewriter or, or ordinary people or odd fellows or whoever it is, right? You so, know, I think what, I think I think we might be Kevin. I don't know if I'm correct to say this. We might probably be the first Singapore band that actually played at the Kevin. Wow. Okay. For sure. For sure. Yeah. Yeah. And and for those who don't know, the Kevin is that famous venue where you know all the 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 Mersey beat bands played, including this 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 I think the local indie band called the Beatles or something like that they used to play there, right? Yeah, yeah. 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 <laughs> Beatles in the formative years, I think they 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 really uh learned their ropes there like, before yeah like, before going to Hamburg. I think after I think after going to after Hamburg, after Hamburg after Hamburg yeah yeah so yeah. so the festival actually that the typewriter played uh IPO is called for, for short uh, international Pop overthrow. Oh. Right? Okay. So it's basically a more or less like a power pop, pop rock kind of centric. So, so I've kind of known about it and I've known the organizer for a long, long time. Mm-hmm. So, you know, when when we're thinking about hey, let's go overseas to, you know, with, with typewriters, so I, you know, basically basically got in touch with that guy and we got a slot, basically. And then, then we got to try. I mean, because IPO actually they play mainly in America, but they also play in England. So I was thinking about Liverpool that we can try to arrange other gigs in the UK that would be quite fun. Okay, okay. So, yeah. So what was, I mean, for you yourself, Duncan, was this, uh, you know, what was it like? Was this your first time, like, full on in a gig overseas or, or what? Okay. Uh, so prior to going over, right, when I got uh, news or, or confirmation that we've been invited, right, hmm. uh, first thing, of course, all of us are working adults. Uh, hmm. So... It's like, do, do I need to go convince the other guys? Or I just let them come to come to terms that they want to go? <laughs> yeah. oh, oh, they'll say, let's go. 
of course we will go. You know, uh, everybody was very fast and positive about it. Wow, okay. Uh, to put in context, right, for myself, right, uh, who the hell a teenager who's looking at a Beatles cassette tape page, page, from page to page, right, the lyrics, right, who the hell would think that one day I could step on a stage that the Beatles played on? That is a really like a goosebump moments when it was a goosebump moment when we went down the cellar and to yeah, yeah. pitch. I mean, everybody meet yeah, yeah. Had, we had, we had, we had, we we were really like uh, amazed by the place and, and we were really like totally in awe. Before that, Pat uh, did a lot of uh, arranging yeah. to so that we our time there is just not for one or two gigs at the cavern, right? So. Prior to that, uh, he arranged a few gigs and we, he got in touch with G- Jimmy. Jimmy up the right track. Oh, right. Okay. From the street box, right? He, he's based there. So, uh, he got us a few gigs also from uh, Connections. So, what can I say about that whole uh, uh, trip? I, I feel that uh, definitely it's an eye-opener. And, and for myself as a lead singer, right? Uh, I couldn't eat a lot of fish and chips. Yeah. <laughs> Why? I had to sleep earlier. I had to take care of my voice because I want to do a good job. A lot of English breakfast. Huh? <laughs> yeah, so I, I, I kind of like uh, hold myself back from getting really tired the next day. You know, discipline. Okay. Because that's the, that's the least I can do for myself and the band when we go overseas. You see. Well, it's kind of stressful actually, you know, to, to be there, <laughs> you see the place, then you cannot go and like fully enjoy. Cannot let go. So, uh, yeah. yeah, like the, like, like let's say uh, there's a gig at uh, a set at Nine o'clock or something, I, I say, okay, guys, I go back first. I, I will have to head back to the hotel at five to just chill and rest. <laughs> oh, okay, I, okay. But all good. I'm not, I'm not complaining. I think I did a decent job <laughs> there. It's fun, yeah. It's, yeah, it was, it yeah really we did fun. a decent job there. And, and, and also, uh, uh, the gigs were lined up in such a way, right, that um, we ended with, uh, of course, the, clo- the closing few gigs were at the cavern, right? So the week and a half before or 10 days before that, right, it's actually a very good move because then we did a lot of warm-up gigs. And I realized that from our very, I mean, I'm talking about like a, like a hobby band. I mean, I'm, we are not even professional full-time band that plays in pub. We are not like pub-based uh, where you learn your, your, your moves every night, right? So what is great about that is that every night, when we played at every gig, we learned a bit more. I could banter better. We gel better. And the whole system just got better and better. That's how I realized why a foreign band from UK or US, they sound so tight. Because of their every other night experience, it leads on. To yeah. Where else, if you play locally, oh, there's a gig next Saturday or two, one month down the road. Then you practice for that one gig. After mm. that, you mm. don't, the machine stops again, right? right. So that's the reason. So, so when we, Finally played our biggest set, so-called the biggest one at Kevin. We played three sets. Uh, we were fortunate. We felt so comfortable. We felt so comfortable and the sound man was fabulous. Uh. I've never yeah. sounded so good. The band has <laughs> never sounded so good. Because the monitoring was good. You right. feel totally cushioned, you know. You feel totally secure. You could hear mm. yourself. Everybody, and he didn't take a long time to, to sound check okay. us because he himself was doing it every night. Right. Like, so this right. every night thing, has this real mojo. Yeah, so, so I think yeah. Typewriter played the, one of the best gigs because we were so <laughs> well oiled. Yeah. yeah. Okay, okay. Agree, agree. So agree. that's the takeoff I, I, I can tell you that, that um, sometimes set but true, a layman would look at a, a, a local 
original band performing on stage, right? And they say, how come they are not so savvy or not so sleek, mm. so well oiled? It's because we don't have the platform to perform on a weekly or nightly, even a nightly. Yeah, 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 yeah. So right. it's two different things. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, it's like a Hollywood film plus a Singapore indie film. Yeah, exactly. Which is the mechanism is different. So as long as you put that context, right, you can love the local version a little differently. Yeah, yeah. Mm -hmm. But the beauty about IPO, I think, is what you get is that similar. All the bands are all pretty much the same in the sense that none of them are really so-called professional bands. They are in there Uh, for the love of the music, right? And they are really good at what they do, right? But to a certain extent, they are playing something that's not really hip or cool or whatever, right? Power pop and all that stuff. And they come from all over the place. Some of them fly from US, fly from across Europe and stuff like that. But you can see the passion and, you know, it's a real community. So I think that's, that's what was really beautiful about that as well. The thing about power pop, right? It's never truly hip, but mm-hmm. it has always been there, even till today. Yes. So yes. it's a very yes. interesting uh, genre, I feel. Yeah. Yep. Yep. Totally. <laughs> You know, were there any like big Spinal Tap moments? One of the gigs was actually in like a British... Uh, we were at Cornwall or something. Or yes, yes, Cornwall. Yeah, yeah then, then we ended up playing, right, at a gig where it, it was like a British version of an American diner. Yes, yes. Oh, right. okay. Yeah. So they are suburban locals. Uh, so they look at us, it's like, why are these Chinese people <laughs> singing in English? <laughs> playing a music that they are not so familiar with because the, the main band uh, or, or the I think the genre that they listen to down there is like rockabilly. Yeah, yeah. Oh, like, really? Like, wow. All, okay. like, like, all the curry pop hair. Yeah. So, so a bit uh, those Teddy Boys kind of music, you know? Yeah. The kind, you know? Yeah. So before that, we were playing our own power pop. They were getting used to it. La. I mean, they were not uh, unfriendly, but definitely I, I enjoyed being there is kind of weird. And then at the end of the night, I think they got used to us and, and okay. I mean, even the, the, the main band there was nice to us, talked to us. You know? mm-hmm. Yeah, all good. Yeah. I mean, we weren't playing like trash metal. Uh, so. Right, yeah. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. Still yeah. melodic. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah, but, but that's that an interesting place. La. Plymouth, Cornwall, and also a lot of more senior people yeah. as well. We went out from that place. It's like a YMCA there. La. Yeah, oh. the main road, right? It was all dark. That was an adventure. Yeah. <laughs> and we had to go, I mean, on a side note, I uh, also got yeah. to hang out with uh Pat and Kevin. We went to the yes. Tate, uh, Tate Modern. We have the tea. It was oh, a okay, okay. uh, good 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 uh, afternoon walk. That's true. But I had to make a I had to make a judgment call, you know. It was either that or going to Kendom okay. with the rest of the guys. Yeah. The market there, the, right, right, the yes, interesting yes. like uh, punk yes. or so yeah. So I had either all, so I was like, uh, <laughs> but I decided to hang out with uh, Pat and uh, <laughs> yeah. that's no that's, that's, like, that's like that's like that's like the yin and the yang of the group. Yeah, <laughs> man. No, I mean, I I I wanted. To, I mean, of course, I can always go like, go again. Now lah, now can lah, now can lah. Last year cannot. I was also thinking like maybe I should just chill out and not. Go shopping or anything. Just, just look at art and, and chill for the day. <laughs> yeah. the off days. Hey, first day we met Thurston Moore. Thurston Moore was in uh, Rough Trade. <laughs> oh, okay. Rough Trade. And, and you know what we saw? We went in without knowing. Uh, we landed, right? We went to Rough Trade. And guess who was playing? Savages. 
they just launched wow. their album. We saw, wow. the, we saw them at yeah. the start of not being famous yet. Remember? They're all jet, jet lag, uh, uh, walking around. Uh. Oh my God. <laughs> but you know, Kevin, I was, I was, Kevin, I was not uh, too over, uh, overwhelmed by Thurston Moore because actually, uh, when they, Sonic Youth came to Singapore, right, actually took mm. photos for Big O. Uh. Oh yeah. Uh, so so you were you you shot the you shot I the, shot them the gig. together with okay. fighters. Foo Fighters, yeah. Foo yeah, Fighters yeah. came for the first time. So that, that's that's another uh multi the hyphenate. Yeah, photographer. That's what I wanted to ask you. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I still wow. remember or not. I mean I'm I'm proud to say uh, you guys are still using the photos I took of fast colors. <laughs> yeah, la. yeah that's <laughs> <right>. <laughs> You guys need another one. photo. I'll, 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 I'll take for you guys. I'll do that. I'll do that. So, but yeah, yeah, that's but their photos is good. On, on, Impromptu on. and nice background. Yeah, very nice. Yeah, do you, do you remember where it was shot? I can't. Who gives? The MRT there. The MRT, there MRT, MRT, right, right, right. Yeah. Or some euro there. Yeah. yeah. Okay, okay. Yeah. Right, yeah. Well, I, I can't remember. I can't remember why we were doing that and actually. I mean, what, I, I'm assuming... Cool, uh. Oh, like we did. We weren't even like we weren't even. We, we hadn't done anything yet at that point, right? I don't think so, right? Yeah. No lah. We we had lah. You need to start from somewhere, man. Uh, have the photo first. Setting up, yeah. We have to start from. Look somewhere, at the photo so. to be inspired. Oh, I see. I see. Okay. Okay. And that's where we're gonna leave it for now. Uh, it's producer Chris here and well we kind of went over long on this chat with uh, Chang Kang so we're going to be splitting it into two parts yeah it's, it's kind of uh, it's kind of full circle actually because we kicked off the whole Lion City rock journey right a year ago right as you said with a two-parter featuring Patrick Chen of the Odd Fellows and of course he also plays uh, guitar and typewriter with Chang Kang um, yeah, so we thought it'd be interesting and fun to have uh, this episode commemorating the one year, the first anniversary. Uh, we have a two-parter featuring his uh, bandmate and typewriter. Lah. Yep, you can go and listen to that episode. That's season one, episode one and two. Uh, if you haven't listened to that already, um, you can also, of course, go and listen to all the other episodes in seasons one and two of Lion City Rock. You know, it's available on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Red Circle, Podtail, Amazon Music, uh, where, you know, like the usual, like wherever you get your podcasts. Um, yeah, uh, don't forget to like and subscribe. If you do like and subscribe and leave us a rating wherever you listen to our podcast, it really helps us a lot. Uh, get, you know, recognized and get noticed and stuff like that. What else is there to say? Well, uh, part two of Changkang comes out next week. So until then, you know, let's just keep the Lion City rocking, yeah? And um, all that's left to say is, this is end of part one.